Hi, this is Todd Kearns from Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. Todd, thank you so much for joining us today. It's truly an honor to speak with you. Big fan of yours, and I'm surprised we haven't spoken in a while. I, I, I agree. I, I am excited to hang. So I'm Robert Cavuto, and today we're speaking with Todd Kearns of Slash and the Conspirators for their record store album release live at Studio 60 on June 18th as well as a whole bunch of other things that you're working on. You got coffee, you have your solo band. So hopefully we hit all of those things. So again, thank you for your time today. And I look forward to talking with you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. So on 18th, the independent record stores are going to be releasing live at Studio 60, which is the audio recording of the full Studio 4 album, which I happen to have right here. <laughs> great, great. I got it at the concert. That's uh, a signed one. Yeah. Yeah. I got it from Slash, right? At the Perfect. merch. So um, you did this full streaming event and then you decided to record it. Tell me a little bit about the process for that. Well, it was, you know, the whole process of making that record was such a bizarre experience. What with the lockdown and, and the whole thing. I mean, we, you know, the record was made in Nashville. Um, what was it? Five out of six of us that came out, um, you know, tested positive at a certain point. So um, it was a very bizarre experience. And then you know, fast forward to the record coming out. And then we decided to, you know, try and find, you know, unique ways to promote the thing or just to kind of celebrate the release. We set up at a, a place called Studio 60 in Los Angeles and just filmed us playing the record, which was bizarre too, because, you know, although we'd recorded the record, it was recorded probably six to eight months before we ever... Wow you know, kind of got back to, because there was a lot of like, well, let's just get ahead of this. There's a window of time we can go in and, and make this and then see what happens. Um, so then you're kind of completely readdressing, um, you know, the, 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 the playing of these songs that you, yeah. you, you need to kind of readdress and kind of relearn and all that kind of stuff. So, so we, we dove in and, and, and played them live right there in front of, which is kind of an interesting thing because this record store release of live at studio 60 is, is, but the album itself is is very live. Like we recorded it pretty yeah. live. So now you're getting an even more live version of, <laughs> of the record. And and then a few other, um, you know, we just kind of played a few songs from our catalog that uh, World on Fire and stuff like that that, yeah. that we felt pretty excited about. So, no, know, I loved fun. it. I, I watched I watched the uh, streaming a couple of times. It was really great. You guys were very, very tight. Did it take a lot of rehearsal to get it down, all those songs down? Um. Not really. I mean, it, it, the weird thing about about our band is that, you know, Slash is a, he likes to rehearse. I think he also just likes to play. So I think the idea of just getting together and and, and knocking it around is, is fun for him. Um, but he's also very, um, he likes to get past the thinking mode where it just becomes sort of muscle memory. Right. And that takes a certain degree of, of, of just kind of, you know, really kind of focusing and really kind of playing it over and over and over again. Um, but we didn't really kill ourselves to, to get that. I think, you know, like anything else, you just kind of do your homework at home, show up prepared and then and run through it as many times as you can. I think we did a few days and then just decided let's go in and do it. Um, and most of it was first takes. I think we did a second take of um, Fall Back to Earth. But, uh, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, most of it was pretty, you know, in the moment. And I, I have to admit, I was kind of like, well, you know, because the the, uh, the whole selling point of it is like, look, we're going to do it. We're going to film it. If you if you screw it up, you can always do it again. Yeah. So then you kind of creates a safety net of like, well, OK, well, if if we don't pull it off, then we just do it again. So and that only happened once. And that was that song, um, Fall Back to Earth, because I was do you, again. Uh, do you hear any mistakes? Pardon me? Do you hear any mistakes in it? 
Not really. Um, the weird thing for me was that although the record was the four was was recorded pretty much live, a lot of things like harmony vocals and stuff like that are all done after the fact. But then it falls on me to be kind of like, okay, well, I didn't play and sing this at the same time. So there's a whole there's a whole like kind of, okay, well, you don't really think about what you're playing versus what you're singing. And oftentimes they're not necessarily... Um, it, it takes you to split your brain in half. This is the singing and this is the playing. And I'm actually uh, always been pretty proud of the fact that I, I can usually pull that off pretty well, yeah, but yeah. It, it, it does require some, um, some, some preparation. And, and I just sort of had to kind of get really, really on that. And so, so some of that, the biggest challenge for me was just kind of like, Oh yeah, I'm not just going to be playing these songs. I have to kind of accompany miles during all this as well. No, vocally. They, no, they were great. Um, <clears throat> Studio 60s doesn't the where it looked more like a warehouse than a typical studio when I was thinking of it. Is it a warehouse or is it a studio? It's a warehouse studio. <laughs> I think it's a uh, when they say Studio 60, I think it's more of a film studio. Oh, okay. I don't it, it sort of didn't seem like a recording studio. There was nothing set up in that in that idea. I think it's more of a uh, um, part of some sort of um, you know, probably for filming downtown yeah. Los Angeles kind of uh, well, that makes more sense to me. Yeah, which Los Angeles is, you know, all these, you know, sort of nondescript buildings are like, there's things going on there that we just don't know as we're driving by. But um, yeah. I assume that's what it was. I, it's funny that you bring that up because I never even really thought of that until just now. <laughs> I, always, I always think of, you know, recording studio. I wasn't thinking exactly. of recording studio. But yeah, no, that's perfect. Did you find better ways to do these songs um, this, this time around and simpler ways to play the parts? So I'm sure there was a lot of work that went into the original recording and not necessarily, hey, listen, I got, I could do this better. I could do this easier. I could do this. Sounds great. Yeah. You do find more economical ways to play them. But I think the weirdest thing was um, because we had recorded it pretty live and we didn't do a whole lot of, um, that's the other thing about Slash is he loves to do pre-production. Like he wants to go in and be prepared. Yeah. But Dave, Dave Cobb, the producer was sort of like, don't overdo it. Let's kind of, let's make sure there's some room to, you know, bring all the ingredients to the kitchen and then we'll sort of see what we're going to make kind of thing. Um, so in reality, as we were recording those songs for the initial album for, um, oftentimes we were recording the second or third time we'd ever played the song ever. So, so sometimes you, you've kind of almost felt like your, your parts were kind of mildly undercooked. Like you kind of hadn't really had time to kind of think, well, I should do this here or that, that there. It was kind of like, boom, we're going. Yeah. And, um, you know, which is, I think, part of the fun of, of, of that sort of capturing things in the moment. So when you say from that to, say, Studio 60, I think certainly the I have to, like, um, adjust certain things when I'm singing sometimes. So sometimes yeah. it isn't necessarily simplified as much as it is just kind of more like it makes sense to do this here and that there just to kind of accommodate how I'm singing it. As the tours go on and after you're playing a song, you know, three months into a tour you're thinking to yourself oh i should do this here you know yeah. <laughs> which would which would which would be something that you would be thinking in pre-production like oh okay now now press the record button you know you're like no the record button was pressed a year and a half ago so now whatever you're doing is just for yeah. yourself and for the audience you know yeah. i think that's part of the fun is like when you listen to like you know zeppelin live or the who or any of those bands and you're hearing you're hearing versions of their of their the live versions of the songs kind of take on a life of their own from, from the album versions. And I always kind of like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think you did a great job. When um, I know for me, particularly when you turn the red light on, I get really nervous. 
So you're, you're, you're far more experienced. You're far talented than I ever was. Um, you get a little nervous when you know you have like, you know, you don't want to screw this up and you're the whole band is sitting there and you're, you well, make a mistake and they're like, really, we got to do it a third time. <laughs> that is, um, you know, when you sort of, uh, and it happens to everybody because, you know, oh, we go to the pre-chorus quicker on that second verse, you know, or whatever it is. So, you know, when you're recording live as a band, as opposed to just trying to capture the drums, which is, as you know, usually, or not usually, but often the drums are the focus. So you're playing the drum. We just have to get a solid drum take. It doesn't matter what I'm playing. It doesn't matter what he's singing. It doesn't matter what's going on. Uh, we're going to replace it all anyway. But in this instance, it's sort of like, yeah, I mean, if you screw it up, we're going back, you know, or yeah. we're going to take another stab at it. I don't get nervous. I don't think that's really the right word for it. I think that it's sort of one of those weird things where you become, you know, it's what we do and, and you yeah. become sort of, uh, you kind of take the, take the, you know, the, the pressure off a little bit by just saying, look, it's like, you know, if, if we, we have to go back and do it again, it was done on tape too. So it wasn't like, it was just kind of like, Oh, just cut that to this and this to that. It was like, no, we, we want to make sure we capture it. So, yeah. um, you know, I think that, you know, you, you, it's natural to be kind of to get too much inside your head and that's that's when it gets dangerous you know yes. i think you have to kind of just go with the flow and there's a lot of eye contact and heads up and like because like i say we're only playing this sometimes the third or fourth time we've ever played the song ever yeah. you know and it's being captured and you're kind of like okay well and you're sort of like you know and you're not like point you're like really directing it but they're sort of like visually directing like the next section and coming up and what kind of that kind of thing so luckily miles is singing with us so oftentimes the vocal sort of directs things as well. So, um, but yeah, no, it, you know, it's, you're talking about a bunch of old seasoned, you oh, know, yeah. war dogs that just kind of like, here we go. We're going to go do our thing. Um, not to say it's like not exciting in reality, that kind of like the red light fever of like, here we go. You know, it's sort of like that kind of, you either get hyper-focused or you completely fall apart. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good thing for the seasoned professionals. Um, no, I saw you at the Tropicana, I guess, I don't know, a month or so ago, and you played about five of the songs off the new album. Yeah. Great. Um, hard to pick those five? Well, well there's the rationale for picking those five, I guess. The, the would have been random. What you saw would have been super random because, you know, we played every single song during the course of the tour. So you would have seen some version of that. And Yeah, I, mean, I think it was... Uh, I think Miles said Fall Back to Earth was the first time they were ever, you guys were ever playing that song at the Tropicana. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So stuff like River is Rising, um, um, you know, like the singles we would have probably focused on keeping as a regular part of the set yeah. and other things were kind of changed out or, or as the run would happen, we'd be doing, you know, a few songs and then they would get kind of changed out for another couple songs and, and go like that slash likes to play you know it, it's funny because i always think about a band say into their you know their fourth or fifth albums are often like writing songs thinking well only two of these are ever going to get played live yeah, because yeah. we've got like a back catalog of, of music that needs to be focused on um slash is just not precious that way he's sort of like no we should play all these he's, you know he's excited about the fact that we're gonna figure out a way to attempt all of these live and some some songs you know um, I, I don't think for us necessarily, but a lot of the time you, there are songs that lend themselves better to our studio um, presentation than an actual live presentation. Yeah. But we don't really work like that. Everything we do is sort of, you know, it's like a rock band, how it how it's done and that should be able to be uh, presented live. I think that's my favorite album that you guys have done so far. And it was great to hear those songs because you fall in love with them and you like them and you, 
you just want to hear them be played live and feel that energy. Oh, thank you. So thank like you very much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the right energy. I think that, you know, we've been working towards this the whole time, like trying to get more and more live. So I, I guess that's sort of the, the charm. And you're a great front man and you take on uh, Dr. Alibi, which was fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's uh, you know, the, the, for whatever reason, they've always been like, well, because we, in that first, first time we got together in 12 years ago, it was sort of like in support of uh, his solo album that had multiple vocalists and yes. like, Hey, you know, Miles is like, I don't want to, I can't sing in a Lemmy song and you know, whatever. And I go, and they just said, do you want to sing this? And I'm like, of course, you know, yeah. I'd love to. I mean, Lemmy was alive back then. So it was weird to be singing it. Um, and him often being there, you know, if he wasn't on stage singing it, he would just be like, he happened to have been there and I'm singing this song in front of him. So um yeah, it was a real trip. And to me, it's just like, you know, it's always an honor to be able to, you know, if they ask me to do something, yeah, sure. If I can do it. Yeah. No, that's a great song. I think it's got really a punk vibe. I think you, yeah. you, know, you nail it with the punk vibe and everybody's jumping up and down. It was great to watch. Yeah. It's a big energy grabber. I, I you know, it's yes. it, pe people always say that it's kind of like, I have friends that go like, every time you come out, I get like swept up in some sort of like wave of like, you know, activity. And I go, Oh, well, I'd like to apologize, but it's a rock show. Expect that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw you in 2015, uh, New York oh, okay. State, terminal five. I don't know if you remember. It was like, the, yeah. it was like the, uh, escape from Thunderdome with the, the balconies, the rows of balcony, and the people were like all sitting on the balcony and it was sweaty and it was hot. What a great show. I don't know if you remember that, but you I remember it well, actually. I remember that show being, uh, Eddie Trunk was there, you know, the, yeah. I remember much about like our, most of our New York appearances are usually a big deal for me. I just remember Slash was doing his solo and the water was pouring yep. off his elbow. It was just like somebody turned the faucet on him and he was just for, falling down his elbow and I'm watching it. I was like, oh my God, this is absolutely crazy. I've never seen anything like, and it was hot and it was May. Yeah. It was, there was no air conditioning and it was a really crazy day. But you, but can, you, have, you have to be careful up there because he draw, whenever he stands in one spot, he will drench that area. So it's like, if you're running around, there'll be puddles of sweat. So they often come out and just kind of, you know, towel it up and there's a runoff stage. Cause it's like, Otherwise, you're like, whoa, you know, you could you slip all over the place. But, you guys uh, like at the basketball game with those those yeah. that are constantly mopping up the sweat from the basketball. A hundred percent. Yeah. But back then you played, um, you sang Welcome to the Jungle, right? Oh, did I? Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah, that kind of stuff would get thrown at me too. Like, um, Miles kind of got to a point where he was kind of like, you know, when we started doing stuff like um, Dr. Alibi or whatnot, he kind of like appreciated a little break in the middle of the show to kind yeah. of go regroup and come back out for you know act two as it were um so it just became more and more like and that kind of stuff was really kind of funny because it's like i think slash felt a certain degree of pressure back then to kind of at yeah. least attempt some guns and roses songs we did a, quite a bit of guns and roses songs back then so yeah but then i, train, I think yeah train. yeah we did well we in the, initially we did a bunch because you know it was like there was no guns and roses reunion right. anywhere in, in in the conversation but um so a lot of stuff like um, that, you know, and I think a certain degree of pressure of like, well, you have to do Jungle. And Miles used to sing it, but for whatever reason, Miles was like, why don't you just sing that? And I kind of like, okay. I mean, Miles is the funniest guy that, like on the last run, we had Duff McKagan jumped up in, in Seattle. I saw and, that on YouTube. And he looked at me just like, before we went on stage, he goes, can you do Night Train? And I go, you know, I was like, literally like, as we're walking on stage, like, yeah, I think I can. I mean, it's been okay. a long time, but yeah. But, <laughs> 
there wasn't a whole lot of discussion during the day like and then you're gonna sing it and you can look at the lyrics on your phone and figure out. i was like <laughs> i just literally went up there like yeah it's been a minute but you know those appetite songs are just up there somehow you just got to jar them loose yeah so yeah that that uh that's it's just funny because all that appetite stuff it was like um or, or generally most of whatever it was kind of like well, we've done ace of spades we've done all kinds of crazy stuff just it's sort of like it's just stuff we know you know or that i know and um hey let's do ace of spades tonight okay you know or whatever and then we just kind of make it happen it's like calling audibles i heard bruce springsteen does that on stage literally turn guys we're gonna do and next thing you know everybody's jamming into it it's like oh my I god i know i know that kind of stuff is uh is not necessarily what slash does slash likes to be super prepared so audibles that get called but it happens all the time I, from what i understand the guns and roses camp does it i mean when you're looking at a three-hour show i think that that can be called all the time too yeah. let's do my michelle or whatever everybody has to kind of go okay yeah so, so you have to be really prepared i get it i get it you know um you know what's great about you you're not a one-dimensional bass player you play guitar you have your solo band you're doing your coffee you're in with slash and the conspirators Tell me about the importance of having that diversity across so many different things. Um, it's, it's a weird thing because, you know, uh, I always like whenever I'm talking to, you know, we, the whole damn it merch thing that happened when I was a kid, they called me Todd damn it, you know, in the punk rock, you know, everybody has a silly, <laughs> a yeah. seditious and a Johnny rotten and, and Todd damn it rhyme with God damn it. So everybody thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and then it, it just sort of stuck with me, me into my adult life. Um, it was something that was kind of abandoned, you know, just because it was silly. And then it kind of found its way back to me. And then it sort of, you know, just a T-shirt I was wearing that said, damn it, I wore on a, on a DVD back in 2011, turned into where can I get that shirt? You know, and then it was like, OK, well, now we have to make this shirt. And and then we just sort of, you know, turned into a whole other thing. And, yeah. and that spins into coffee and it spins into um all kinds of other things and um i always try to tell uh you know my crew my people i'm always sort of like look i never wanted to be a t-shirt salesman or or a coffee salesman or any of that stuff i want to be a musician so so we are approached all the time so stuff like a coffee company coming to you and, and actually wanting to license the and you kind of go well of course you know that sounds like fun as a huge kiss fan you're kind of like you're you know everything you know anything you can imagine has the word kiss on it yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of like you know i mean within reason obviously it's like yeah I, I go yeah sure i mean like if it's you know if it makes sense um but i mean at the end of the day you know just being a musician is sort of the goal you know i, yeah. I think that people always say you do so much you got all these projects going you know the stuff and i go well wouldn't you if you could i mean like we sort of live in a day and age where where music is is so strange in that you know back in the 70s someone like boston could put out a record and never even really tour because all the money was just sort of made on on the selling of records um it's not like that anymore you know it's like everybody has to be out on the road everybody has to be working and and i'm one of those people where there's 365 days in the year and if you know if i'm you know if you're not gonna if this one project is not gonna fill up all 52 of those weeks then i gotta you know I'm, i want to kind of find other things to do so you know when it Every day I wake up and it's sort of like, what am I doing today? Oh, I got to read a chapter for an audio book for my friend's book that's coming out. I go, well, see, that that sounds interesting to me. Like stuff I've, you know, that's very different than something I would normally do. Or mm -hmm. or maybe a small acting thing in my friend's small project he's doing. Or 
or playing um, an acoustic show I have coming up. And then I play with Bruce Kulik. We're doing this thing in Nashville this weekend, doing Kiss songs from the non-makeup yes. era. And, you know, so that kind of stuff to me, and then Fitz and I from Slash's band are both Canadian. So we have this Canadian project called Took, where we've always played lots of old Canadian classic songs. And most of these things are just fun things that sort of, they're like seeds that you plant and like, oh no, this is a tree now. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, You kind of expected it just to be something you did once in a while. And then it's sort of a, it's a good problem to have when they sort of become something that people are, you know, Hey, the coffee is doing, you know, we're going to, it's going to be in stores now. Is that, is that okay? And I go like people in stores are going to go and see like, you know, okay, sure. You know, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's a weird thing because like I said, all I really want to do is play music and it, and if, and if everything, um, you know, if everything was just sort of, uh, uh, you know, like my whole week was just based around playing music, I'd be perfectly more than satisfied. But all these other little things that kind of happen, it's great, you know. And like I said before, it's like the music music industry is such that you know you kind of have to diversify, if I may use words like that. Which yeah. I, I always feel like it feels like the most non musical thing to be talking about diversification and blah blah blah. But, <laughs> but I know that you know in the adult world of 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 doing what we do, you have to find other ways to make it all work. And yeah, and help pay the bills. And I get it. Yeah, it makes sense. Keep I the guess lights on. Yeah. yeah, I guess the one item that you definitely could not put damn it on is a condom, right? Like, kiss <laughs> yeah, I guess these, I guess these don't work clearly. <laughs> I guess we'd find, we'd find a way to make it work. I don't know, but yeah, no one's, no one's approached us about that just yet, but uh, you never know. You never know. It's true. Are you a coffee aficionado? Do you, do you drink a lot of coffee? Like a lot of coffee? I do drink a lot of coffee. I wouldn't consider myself an aficionado. The The other guys in the conspirators, are the kind of guys, they have apps. We go to like, you know, we're in Venice and we got to go to this coffee shop. And I'm like, there's coffee in the lobby. He was like, oh, I, you know, like, I'm one of those guys. It's like, I do love good coffee, but I, but I am also like perfectly happy to stop at a flying J on the, on the freeway to, you know, to wherever and go, yeah. hey, this is pretty good coffee. You know, like, I'm not, and that's kind of when it came down to the coffee we were doing here. I was sort of like, look, it's nice when it's when it's really high end, you know, uh, beans and all that kind of stuff, and and I really appreciate that. But I also think that there's, in the same way with rock and roll, in the same way with fashion, you have to kind of, you know, uh, take into account that you know the average person is 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 a regular person, and they're not like. And I understand the idea of like, well, yeah, you make coffee for aficionados. And for whatever reason, the, you know, the one we selected after trying a million different things has been very popular. So I'm like very happy for that because, you know, it's, it's, you know, you want it to be, you know, and what people choose to do with those beans, they can make their, you know, yeah. lattes and, and all kinds of fun stuff within America, uh, all that kind of stuff. But for, for me, it was sort of, uh, I wanted to be able to be able to like, live in like, you know, the lowest common denominator and then whatever they want to do with it. So, uh, but I do, you know, I'm not going to lie when those guys sort of, I'm just not as organized as them when they go, you know, call up their app and there's a great place over here. And I always tag along and I'm always like, damn, I'm glad we came here. You know? Yeah. That's so funny. No, that's cool. Um, you also, I it also gets expensive. Sorry. <laughs> it's a guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was like, how much are the, um, you know, I think I'm okay with the free coffee in the lobby for, for, today, for today. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the $8 cup of coffee. Is like, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So um, you also have your, your band, your solo band that you mentioned too. Um, what's the status? You reached, released a lot of singles. Are you going to be putting together one album and will we ever see you tour the United States? I know you got some dates in Canada. 
it's a it's a very strange conversation because Took started off as a um we were doing like benefit shows in in Canada where you know a friend would be putting on a you know raising money for for breast cancer and stuff yeah. like that and we just kind of went up there and and landed on the idea of like what if we just played like old classic canadian songs because you're in winnipeg and you think like that'd be really fun to do april wine and lover boy and like yeah. just kind of dig in honeymoon suite i think i heard you do honeymoon, honeymoon suite and and you know uh aldenova and all this kind of oh. stuff that you know we're just kind of like that'd be really fun and it, it felt like a, again one of those challenges as opposed to showing up and going like van halen led zeppelin you know i mean we all we've all jammed all those songs and i came up in a, in a cover scene we all kind of came up in a cover scene where in canada the only way to play clubs was if you were playing well punk rock bars existed like you could go play there but i i got immediately sort of taken by older guys and taken in and like now we're going to learn summer 69 by brian adams and led zeppelin yeah. songs and van halen songs or whatever were kind of like popular or pseudo top 40 type songs is where i kind of fell into it and uh, in many ways, I'm glad I did because it sort of creates a real comfort on stage and a comfort in just playing music. You know what I mean? Um, They're great songs too. And yeah, it teaches you a lot about songwriting, frankly. Like as you're writing, you're playing and you go, okay, so intro, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, just sort of a, a weird sort of sense of like, okay, I understand what we're doing now. Um, but so we started doing these. Um, so the idea of just taking on the Canadian thing was just for fun. And mm -hmm. Corey, Corey Churko came in, um, the guitar player for Shania Twain, who's an, like I've known him since we were teenagers up in Canada. He was like the first guy I knew who went off to be like, oh, he's on Letterman now and he's on SNL and he's doing all this stuff. And I was like, wow. And then our drummer Shane has played with um, Shanker, Michael Shanker and uh, Ingve Malmsteen. He's played with some crazy people. So um all, all canadian guys that we all knew back in the day and um just by chance we just started to kind of record some canadian songs honeymoon suite lover boy just for fun you know like we were yeah. just kind of like mucking around and then and then uh, like i said it just started to get hired more and more it, it's very interesting down here because we've been hired for a lot of private stuff where it's like some guy's you know party or someone's getting married or whatever but they're canadian mm -hmm. They're gonna like cram these Canadian songs down their American friends' throats, <laughs> where they kind of go, oh, "I know working for the weekend, but what the hell is this?" You know, you know. Um, so that it, it creates an interesting conversation. We have released we released one album of full covers. The second album was covers except for one original song, and since then we've sort of been more focusing on writing songs. So we released another single. Um, uh, well, we released a single of the Sheriff song uh, "When I'm With You," and then we released a another original song so we we, we just kind of like been focusing on that COVID, of course sort of threw everything into a bit of a tailspin yeah. so now we're just starting to reboot it for uh, the summer july up in canada are you gonna do a cd yeah we've done well that's the plan is we were thinking about just sort of kind of releasing singles and then eventually yeah. sort of compiling them into one one compact disc <laughs> <laughs> that's great that is awesome and I, I i do hope you come down to new jersey i'd love to see you. i do a lot of photography I would so, love that. You know, come down and take some nice pictures of you guys. I love Jersey. Uh, I've got a lot of friends out there. It'd be awesome. They stuck me for the, uh, I did, I did, I shot the show at the uh, Tropicana and they put me all the way back by the soundboard. So oh. Really far, you know. That like, seems, what a weird 
like why not? Well, they said it was COVID related. You didn't want to get too uh, close to the band. Like, you know, it's like, I want to wear a mask if that was I, the, I, only yeah. three songs, but yeah, it is what it is. There was a, so much paranoia on that thing because, you know, I mean, it was the first time we've ever had to do any run like that. And it was, you know, we'd get to Nashville and it's like, I, I can't see anybody. Like, I'd love to hang out and go it, and do yeah. it. But we were like completely like stuck in our hotel rooms or whatever until I mean, we kind of got out and, you know, follow the coffee app or whatever yeah but um but it was sort of <laughs> but it was just very sort of like if anybody gets covid we got to shut this whole goddamn thing yeah. down so like, yeah. there's a lot of people besides yourself i guess you can't, that would be selfish to think yeah you know, there's crew and there's, there's you know crew, bus drivers yeah, bus drivers yeah yeah so i think it's important well i want to thank you so much for your time it was such a nice day time to speak with you today i was really looking forward so thank you so yeah. much and i'll put links to all of your um websites and your coffee and things like that at the, at the end of the interview, okay? That's so funny. They just sent us these little um, gold coffee beans because we sold so much coffee. <laughs> like I'm like, wow, like like a gold record or something. It's just a little coffee bean <laughs> on like on like a, you put it on a chain. I'm like, oh, I'm not probably not going to wear it. We're going to probably display it somewhere. But it's like so funny. I'm like, so adorable. Very cool. Very cool. Congratulations. Yeah. So thank you so much, Todd. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great awesome. day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.